the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, Every day of your life was recorded in his book. Every moment was laid out before you were even born. And so when he describes what will happen to Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people in the last days here in these chapters, it's all according to his sovereign plan. This is the plan. And he tells us the plan decades and centuries and millennia in advance here in Zechariah. God can't be surprised no matter how good or bad you are. He's not shocked by any of it. You can't pull the wool over his eyes or manipulate him. He knows all the days of your life before you were even born. Even the future is history in God's eyes. And in Bible prophecy, we get a sneak peek into some of that future. Today, Pastor Dan shows us some of the amazing things prophesied in the book of Zechariah. Some events have already come to pass, proving the book's authority. Others are still to come. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah, chapter 12, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going through the Old Testament. We're going to be in Zechariah chapter 12, if you want to turn there in your Bible. We're also going to look at Matthew chapter 23, Matthew 23 and Hosea chapter 5. So if you want to go ahead and find those in your, in your Bible, Matthew 23, Hosea 5, and then Zechariah 12. All right, so chapters 9 to 14 of the book of Zechariah contain one of the greatest concentrations of messianic prophecies found in the Bible. Prophecies about Jesus, written hundreds of years before Jesus Christ came to this earth. Chapters 12 to 14 really focus on the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon, the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, and that begins the church age. We currently live in the church age. We've been in the church age since the resurrection of Jesus, so 2,000 years. The church age will end with the rapture of the church when Jesus descends in the clouds and those who are alive and remaining on the earth, believers, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and thus we shall always be with the Lord, 1 Thessalonians 4. And then some point after the rapture of the church, The tribulation will begin. The seven-year tribulation begins. And that really marks the beginning of what the Bible calls the day of the Lord. Some people back the day of the Lord up to the rapture of the church. That's okay if you want to do that. But really, I kind of put it at the seven-year tribulation. And that's when God is pouring out his wrath and his judgment upon the earth. That's described in detail in Revelation chapters 6 to 19, the seven years of tribulation. 
And then Jesus returns at the end of the tribulation at the battle of Armageddon. Uh, That is the event where Jesus returns back to the earth in glory and power. And then he establishes his kingdom on the earth. And he has a kingdom on the earth for a thousand years. So it's referred to as the millennial reign. And then there is the great white throne judgment. And then he creates a new heaven and a new earth. And we go into the eternal state where we all live happily ever after with Jesus in the new heaven and the new earth. So that's our timeline here of end times events. And so the battle of Armageddon takes place in the final days of the seven-year tribulation. And... The word Armageddon is very familiar to us, I would say. Most of us have heard of the Battle of Armageddon. It's not really a single battle. It's actually a campaign of battles, and it's the last great world war in history. And in the Battle of Armageddon, all the nations of the world, under the leadership of the Antichrist, will attack the city of Jerusalem and the Jewish people. And it's at that point that the Jews will look to Jesus Christ finally, and Jesus will return from heaven to intervene on behalf of the Jewish people and Jerusalem, destroying the armies of the nations of the world and defeating the Antichrist. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. And this last great war in history, listen, give me your attention, This last great war in history is really a battle for control of the world. Who will control the world? It will be decided once and for all at this battle. Who will control the world? Will man control the world? Or will God control the world? Which let me ask you, who's in control of your life? Are you in control or is God in control? In this final battle, that will be decided for the world. And as you know, because you live in the same world I'm living in, the world is becoming more and more secular and more and more godless and more and more immoral and more and more anti-God and anti-Bible. And we are witnessing this happen in our society really at breathtaking speed like never before, and the world will continue to move away from God and reject God, and all of this will come to a head under the rule of the Antichrist and ultimately lead to one final great battle between man and God to decide who will control the world. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 Verses 7 and 8 says, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, that's the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Thessalonians says the lawlessness, this lawlessness is already at work in the world, but it's restrained right now. We see in the world and in our culture the restrained version of lawlessness. One day, God will remove his restraint on lawlessness, and that's when the world will embrace the the Antichrist. 
and enter into this time of tribulation, the seven years of tribulation, I believe the church will be raptured to heaven before that happens, before the restraint is removed from this world. But that's where the world is heading ultimately, and we see it heading that way. And chapters 12 to 14 of Zechariah now looks ahead to this final battle in the return of Jesus Christ. Now, if you're taking notes, in these final three chapters, the phrase, in that day, is found 16 times. In that day. Jerusalem is mentioned 22 times. Jerusalem is mentioned 22 times. This last great battle in history will be at the city of Jerusalem. Israel and Jerusalem are the main focus of end times prophecy. Not Washington, D.C. Not Beijing or Mexico City or Tripoli or Toledo, but Jerusalem. That's where it's all going to go down in the end, is Jerusalem. So look at verse 1 now. It says, the burden of the word of the Lord against Israel. Thus says the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms the spirit of man within him. So this prophecy is about and regarding Israel. Now, Zechariah wrote this 2,500 years ago. And this prophecy in Zechariah, it presupposes the existence of Israel and Jerusalem in the last days of history. And it presupposes that the Jewish people will still exist as a people and dwell in Israel in the last days. Just consider how remarkable that is for a moment. I mean, just think of the great empires and peoples and cities that are mentioned in the Old Testament that don't exist anymore. The Philistines, they don't exist anymore. You've never met a Philistine. The Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Phoenicians. But the Jewish people still exist, and they dwell in Israel today. After 2,000 years of not existing as a nation, they exist as a nation again as of 1948, and Jerusalem still exists as the capital of Israel. It's really amazing when you think about the significance of this. And the Lord here, he begins this prophecy by declaring he is the creator of the heavens and the earth and the giver of life to mankind. It says the Lord stretched out the heavens. Psalm 104 says he stretched out the heavens like a curtain. He laid the foundation of the, of the earth. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And Genesis 1 tells us he created man in his own image and he breathed life into man. Therefore, man has intrinsic value and man has worth. This is what the Bible says. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 12, the Lord says, I have made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands, stretched out the heavens and all their host I have commanded. But remember, I said just a few moments ago that the world is moving away from God and moving away from biblical truth. And so the prevailing worldview today in our culture is that the universe came into existence on its own, wasn't created by God, and that life came from nothing, and that man evolved from apes. 
And so your existence is just a random cosmic accident. You're nothing more than a highly evolved animal that has no real value or meaning or purpose. And there's no rhyme or reason to your life. What the Bible teaches about the origin of the universe and the origin of mankind is in conflict with the prevailing worldview. The two do not agree. And the two cannot be reconciled, even though Christians sometimes try to reconcile them. They can't be reconciled. And both worldviews can't be right at the same time. One of them is wrong. And so God here, he begins by reminding us that he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He is the maker of mankind. And he does this to remind us that, that he is God and he is in control of everything. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. In Psalm 90, verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He is God, and he is sovereign over all of his creation and over mankind. Psalm 139, verse 16 says, Every day of your life was recorded in his book. Every moment was laid out before you were even born. And so when he describes what will happen to Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people in the last days here in these chapters, it's all according to his sovereign plan. This is the plan. And he tells us the plan decades and centuries and millennia in advance here in Zechariah. Now, eight times in this chapter, eight times in this chapter, the Lord says, I will. I will. Look at verse 2. I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness. Look at verse 3. I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. Verse 4. I will strike every horse with confusion. I will open my eyes on the house. Verse 6. In that day, I will make the governors of Judah like a fire pan in the woodpile. I will. I will. what, What will happen to Israel in the last days in Jerusalem in the last days? It's all according to God's will. It's all according to his plan that he's laid out for us here in Zechariah. He says in verse 2, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. He says here, Jerusalem will be a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples. Again, a remarkable prophecy here that describes the attitude of the surrounding nations towards Jerusalem in the last days. Written 2,500 years ago. The surrounding nations will be intoxicated with Jerusalem. Now, when someone is is drunk, their judgment is impaired. They make foolish decisions. 
And here God says that the surrounding nations around Israel and Jerusalem in the last days, they'll be drunk, they'll be intoxicated with Jerusalem. And we we see this being fulfilled in part today. The surrounding nations around Israel. You know, Israel is a country that's only the size of the state of New Jersey. And yet, look at how much it's in the news. And how much focus is put upon it. The nations that surround Israel today are obsessed with Israel. They're obsessed with the city of Jerusalem and who controls Jerusalem. Jerusalem has become a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples, just as it says here in Zechariah. Notice, look at the verse again. Notice it says, when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness for people. They're going to be intoxicated by Jerusalem and by Israel in the last days, but it's, it's going to make them act foolish in the last days. The, you know, if you know anything about the modern history of Israel, there have been several wars between Israel and the surrounding Arab nations. When Israel became a nation on May 14th, 1948, the very next day, all of the surrounding Arab nations invaded Israel. Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, from every direction, they invaded the land of Israel. And Israel was greatly outnumbered and greatly outgunned, but the Israeli people defended their nation. Miraculously. Defending their nation. Then there was the Six Days War in 1967 between Israel and again a coalition of Arab nations led by Syria, Egypt, and Jordan, all bordering Israel. And in that war, Israel was able to capture the city of Jerusalem, the Golan Heights above the Sea of Galilee, and the Sinai Peninsula down towards Egypt in just six days. Miraculous victories. In 1973, there was the Yom Kippur War. In the Yom Kippur War, Israel was invaded by Syria in the north and Egypt in the south on Yom Kippur. You know, the holiest day for Israel was a holiday in the nation. There was only about 700 Israeli soldiers on duty in the entire country. On Yom Kippur, when the invasion started, most Jews on Yom Kippur, they don't turn on their TV. They don't listen to the radio. They don't answer the phone when it rings. And so the invading Arab armies were able to easily enter the country in a surprise attack. And God miraculously protected the country. And delivered the there's multiple stories from these wars where God just seemed to supernaturally intervene. I remember one time my wife and I were there in Israel years ago, and we got in a taxi in Jerusalem, and the taxi driver was in, in the military during the Yom Kippur War, and he was talking about the Syrians came across the border onto the, into the Golan Heights with, uh, with dozens and dozens of tanks. And there was one Israeli outpost up there with just a few soldiers manning it. And they were able to just blow by that. And they didn't encounter any other, any other resistance at all. They came down the Golan, around Galilee, and they started heading to Jerusalem. And the Syrian tank commander was surprised that they had no, they didn't encounter any Israeli soldiers or any kind of uh, defense at all. And so he thought it was a trap. And so he decided to just park this whole tank division on the road and wait, which gave Israel time to get their air force in the air and bomb all those tanks to oblivion. 
But there's tons of stories like that. Uh, there's another story of one, a young, he was a young uh, tank driver, whatever you would call him. I don't want to get too technical with the military terms on you. I mean, way over your head, right? Uh, so, you know, some kid that could drive a tank, but he was by himself up on the Golan Heights. And he would come up the ridge of a hill, fire his tank, and he would take out an, a Syrian tank, and then he'd pull back down, and he'd move to a different location and pull up and fire, take out another tank, and then move to a different location. And he just kept moving around and dropping down behind this hillside and popping back up like a video game or something. And the Syrians thought there was a whole Israeli tank division. And so they retreated. But there's story after story like this. You know, it talks about in the Bible how God, God will cause uh, one person to make a thousand flee. And that's exactly what happened. And so Israel won that war, 1973. Verse 3. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. Notice the word all there. For all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Jerusalem will be a heavy stone, he says. It will be a burden for all nations in the last days. Remember, when, uh, when Zechariah writes this, Jerusalem has been destroyed by the Babylonians. There's a small remnant of Jews living in Jerusalem, rebuilding the temple, but that's really it. They haven't started rebuilding the walls or rebuilding the city. It's rubble. It's destroyed. But here's God saying, well, in the last days, though, Jerusalem will be a very heavy stone for all people. It's going to be a burden for all nations. Jerusalem will be a problem that cannot be solved by the nations of this world. In the last days, what, what do we do with Jerusalem? Our government is certainly concerned with Jerusalem and how they handle Jerusalem. Anytime a U.S. government official travels to Jerusalem, they carefully plan what part of the city they'll visit and with whom and what are their political implications of visiting Jerusalem or visiting sections of Jerusalem and not visiting other sections of Jerusalem. He says here, all who attempt to heave it away or to move it will be cut into pieces. Though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Again, this is looking ahead to that final battle, the battle of Armageddon, when all the nations of the earth will gather against Jerusalem. That has never happened before in history, when all the nations of the earth have gathered against Jerusalem. The Romans have gathered against Jerusalem. The Babylonians have gathered against Jerusalem. But there's never been a point where all the nations of the world have gathered against the city of Jerusalem. So we know that this is something in the future. All the nations will gather against Jerusalem. But again, remember, this final battle is about control. Who is going to rule the world? Will it be man or will it be God? And that battle takes place at Jerusalem. I'll just read to you from Psalm 2. You don't have to turn there, but Psalm 2 says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's the Messiah, Jesus Christ, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. There, Psalm 2 is talking about the kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, taking counsel together against the Lord God and against Jesus Christ. 
to free themselves from God. He asked me how I You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, and he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website, Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.